Over the last two decades, I've been on a quest to learn everything I can about leadership, obsessed with what makes the best leaders so good. After running companies small and large for the last 20 years, today I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo, and I'm your host. I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this topic, what makes the best leaders so good. Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself, and of course, leading other people. So recently, I was in a mattress store looking for a mattress, obviously, um, which for those of you who've been mattress shopping, in my mind, is probably one of the most least exciting things in the world, pieces of furniture, if that's what you call it. I don't know if, furniture, if mattress is technically furniture, but um, not the most exciting thing in the world, so... I just want to get in, get out, figure out which mattress makes the most sense. I had to buy two mattresses. So this was one that was going to be uh, for queen size bed and then another spare bedroom uh, mattress. So I'm in there to buy two mattresses. I'm talking to the guy, the salesperson, testing all these kinds of mattresses. And he's sharing with me the pros and cons of each one. And you know, I don't want to spend a fortune on them. I want to get you know decent ones. So I end up getting two different mattresses. One that's you know reasonably good quality. The other that's okay. Um, it's a spare bedroom one. So for those anybody staying in the spare bedroom, uh, apologies on the cheaper mattress that you have. But that's the deal. So uh, anyway, um, one mattress is like I don't know seven hundred bucks, and the other mattress is like uh, thirteen hundred bucks. And uh, so these mattresses combined come to, you know, I'm giving them a decent amount of business here. So we get time for it. Now, part of their pitch was that if you spent above $1,000, that the shipping was free, the, del the, the delivery is free. Uh, so we go through the whole thing, you know, checking out and putting all the, you know, stuff in the computer and address and all that kind of stuff. And he realizes that the more expensive mattress, for some reason could not be delivered because it was coming from a different warehouse and I don't know, whatever. There was basically, you know, their problems became my problems. So now I needed this mattress in a pretty timely basis because I, I wanted it fast. I didn't want to wait. There was an option to wait for a long time. And then they deliver the mattress. I said, you know what? He said, another option is you can actually go and pick it up at this warehouse, um, but obviously, but we're not going to be able to be, deliver it to you. Um, I said, you know what, fine, whatever, you know, I'll, I'll pick that one up. That's, that's fine. I happen to have access to a truck. We could do it. No problem. So, hey, man, I'm checking out eh, a little more inconvenience than I had planned, but uh, he's checking out. He said, okay, um, well, now uh, because your delivery is under $1,000, we're going to have to charge you for delivery on the other mattress, which is going to be another 150 bucks. And I'm like, well, I don't get it. I know I, I'm paying for two mattresses. I'm paying for $2,000. That's well above the $1,000 mattress limit threshold that you have to allow for this free shipping. So I don't get it. Why, why, why are you saying I'm getting charged? He said, well, because we're only delivering, it's the amount that you're delivering. He said, because we're only delivering the $700 mattress, we're not delivering the other one, that $700 is less than 1000 so we're going to have to charge you delivery on that. I'm like, 
Yeah, but that's your problem. I mean, that's the reason why you can't deliver it is not my problem. It's your problem that you're imposing on me. I'm having to actually pick it up because you tell me you can't deliver it to me. I don't get it. He said, yeah, I guess I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. Um, but the system is, you know, programmed in a way I can't, you know, I, I can't waive this delivery. This is, it's just not exceeding a thousand dollars. I'm like, wait a sec, let's step back and just look at this from a common sense standpoint. You're telling me you, I'm purchasing $2,000 of mat- mattresses. You're telling me because you can't, you have a problem with your delivery system and you can't deliver this $1,200 mattress or $1,300 mattress that you're going to charge me a delivery fee on the other mattress because you're imposing an inconvenience on me. I've got to go pick up this other mattress. And now because of that, I'm also getting penalized and having to be charged a delivery fee. I said, do me a favor, uh, get your, get your manager for me. I'd like to talk to him. He said, I am the manager. I said, well, that's not really good. I said, this is the most ridiculous thing. I said, are you legitimately telling me? Cause I'm going to walk out of here. I'm not going to buy these mattresses. He said, I can't, I, I don't know what to do. I said, well, you're the manager. You make a decision. I'm either going to walk out or you're going to waive that delivery fee. Right. And he said, ah, I just, yeah, I can't. That's how the system's set up. That's the rule that we have. And I'm like, well, it's a dumb rule. And to be honest with you, it's a really dumb rule that makes no sense whatsoever. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we went back and forth like this for a little bit. And I walked out. Didn't get the mattresses there. Because of a dumb rule. And a guy who was not able to think and just think through a problem and fix the problem. He was handcuffed mentally by this dumb rule that was in place and they lost the business and I went to their competitor and it was a much easier process. I got better mattresses actually for less money. So it's like, okay, today's topic, if you haven't figured it out is dumb rules. There's a lot of leaders. There's a lot of businesses that are handcuffed by dumb rules. I mean, think about it. I just want you to think through for a minute. Have you been part of a company or organization or maybe tried to do business with a company or an organization that had dumb, senseless, needless rules that were just in place. I, I, sometimes I can't even figure out what was the sense in that rule. I'll give you another example. My dad was telling me he uh, they have a rental property in New Jersey, he and my mom, and, and the, it's in a community. So there's a homeowners association, which is that's a whole nother fiasco and another maybe an episode just on homeowners associations and dumb rules that they impose. Here's an example of another dumb rule. So he had a tenant in there. One of the rules that they have that he found out is that if as the owner of a property in this homeowners in this community that you're paying homeowners association fees to, you are only allowed to rent to somebody for a year. And if at the end of that year, then that tenant has the right, the first right to buy the place if you want to sell it. If they don't buy the place or are not willing or able to buy the place or just interested in buying the place, they have to leave. You literally, they have, they could be the best tenant in the world. They could be paying on time or early. They could be willing to pay the whole year up front. They have to leave. So the owner of the property is inconvenienced with having to get another tenant in there who might be a worse tenant potentially because that first tenant is not willing to buy the property. So it's literally, okay, you can lease for a year, you can rent for a year. And then after that year, you either have to get out or buy the place. 
which makes no sense whatsoever. So my, my dad had asked the question of the homeowners association, well, what's the reason for this? What's the purpose? And their answer was, we don't know. To be honest, it's just been a rule that we've had for so long. And my dad was like, what? <laughs> that makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Why would you have a rule that you don't even know the purpose of the rule? And you acknowledge it's a dumb rule. So why not eliminate the dumb rule? Companies and organizations and leaders are handicapped and ultimately can't grow, can't become the company or organization that they ultimately could be because they have dumb rules and oftentimes just too many rules. And here's the thing. Unfortunately, leaders that make these decisions and put these dumb rules in place oftentimes do it because they're, they're kind of aiming these rules at the bottom 3% of their organization. They're aiming these rules at the troublemakers or the problem people that ultimately, guess who's paying the price? The other 97% of great citizens, of great employees, of great contributors, of your top, your top A players are actually, you're penalizing your very best top 3% because you've got rules in place that are aimed for the bottom 3%. Hello? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever, right? But think about how many organizations exist like that. Now that I'm bringing this up, I'm sure you're gonna, it's going to bring your awareness. You're going to see it. You're going to take notice of it probably more. And you're going to think through it. Uh, you know, there's a company that, uh, that I came across that if, they, if, if one of their employees has a death in the family, and there's actually a lot of companies that do this or a lot of organizations, the employee gets paid bereavement but has to produce proof like a death certificate or some other kind of proof that they had a relative die. Okay, come on. Like, you're not dealing with enough stuff already. I mean, how unsympathetic or empathetic can you possibly be? That's a dumb rule. That's, again, aimed at the 3% of problem people, and you're making the other 97%, you're making them question the, the fact that you're, you're not trusting the fact that they had a loss in their family. Again, this is not singled out one company or two companies. There's a majority of companies out there that have some kind of rule, some kind of organizational policy that doesn't make sense. It was created maybe in a time where it did make sense and they just never bothered to get rid of it. I don't know. Maybe some of those rules did make sense at some point, but things have changed. Got to update things. And what I find is the organizations and the leaders that have less rules or more simple rules the better. The head of, I think it was General Motors, had a um, policy. Uh, they had a really in-depth, like, two-page dress code. And uh, they decided to eliminate it, and they just replaced it with two words. And those two words were dress appropriately. And they had all kinds of people in their HR department and everything, you know, having a fit because, of, well, you know, we've got to define appropriately. We have to spell out and give every example. I've seen these dress code things where they give pictures of what you can wear and what you can't wear and, you know, circle with an X through this. You can't wear this. You can't wear this. And it's like, OK, really, you're taking away somebody's ability to use their brain and understand and make decisions on their own. Treat people like people. Right. Dress appropriately. OK, so that's then people understand I've got to I've got to understand the difference, the definition of appropriately. And I'm going to make my own decision because I have pride in the company. And you know what? That's going to lead to a better organization. I find the, the organizations that do the best, that move the fastest, that grow the fastest, that promote the most leaders, develop people the best way, have the highest retentions. They actually have the least amount of rules in place. So food for thought. I'd love to get your ideas, your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. Here's my idea. I'd love to do a part two of this. 
and hear from you some of the dumb rules that you've seen. Maybe you've been part of, maybe it's your company. I'll, I won't mention your name or your company if you don't want me to, but I'd love to hear from you. So shoot me a message, uh, shoot, shoot me a text or an, an, an instant message, whatever. Uh, let me know some of your stories and we'll make a part two of this. All right. One last notice uh, on Tuesday, September 22nd, many of you have asked, hey, do you do any live stuff? Yeah, I do a ton of live stuff for organizations and groups and speaking events, uh, but anything for you know your podcast viewers. And I said, you know, that's kind of a cool idea. So I am. On September 22nd, from 5 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, we're going to do a live leadership mastermind. I'm going to come up with a different name for it, but it's going to be a group of individuals. You're all invited to be part of this. We're going to do it over Zoom. I'm going to send you a special invite for that. You'll have a code to get in. Uh, I'm going to cover a topic, which I'm working on right now, that's going to be specific to learning how to be a better leader yourself. And then we're going to open it up to some of you, some issues, some questions, some thoughts. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be really, really valuable. That's my promise to you. I'm not going to overdo these things, but we're going to try it, see how it goes. I'd love to get your participation in it. So message me, let me know you're interested, and I'll send you all the details. In the meantime, keep liking, subscribe, share, comment, all that kind of good stuff, and have a great day. Thanks for joining, everybody. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader for suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching. Reach me at john at loritogroup.com. Once again, that's J-O-H-N at L-A-U-R-I-T-O-G-R-O-U-P dot com. Thanks. Lead on.